So I've been getting a lot of crap lately on my favorite color being teal. Because <laughs> it's such a questionable decision. Hollis. I don't get why that's questionable. No one has and ever said that. And when he says lately, that... he means like right now. <laughs> Literally right before this minutes. episode, I'm like, my favorite color is teal. And From Grace is like, two. I have not heard that since fifth grade. <laughs> and I stand by that. I don't think anyone has said that to me in literally a decade. There's just there's just better colors like eagles well, green, my sky blue. Favorite color is there's just lavender. Lavender is a good color. Oh my gosh! It's getting worse and worse. Welcome to This Is Kingdom. This is Grace. This is Talon. This is TJ. This is Hollis. And this week we're talking about God knows and loves you by Elder Alan T. Phillips. All right, so uh, story time. Got to tell a story about my favorite sibling. I mean, uh, one of my favorite siblings, uh, <laughs> Malia. It's okay. She's so, all of our favorites. So Malia is my little sister. Um, she has Down syndrome, and she is the sassiest, mm-hmm. sweetest, just cutest oh. little sister ever. <laughs> That's tender. And I got to tell this story because in the beginning of this talk, Elder Phillips tells a, a cute story about his boy, Jasper getting lost. And I thought of this story about my little sister Malia getting lost. And so we just, I should have thought more. I I don't remember a whole lot, but I just remember it's like a Saturday. We're like doing chores, you know what I'm saying? We're like working, like cleaning stuff. And we just look around and we're like, where's Malia? We're like calling for her. We're like, Malia. And she is just like nowhere to be found. <laughs> and, and we know that she sometimes is just adventurous. You know what I'm saying? And she just has a free spirit sometimes. And we're like, oh my gosh, like, where is she? Like, and first thought was like, oh my gosh, like she bounced, like she's gone. Like she is just out on an adventure right now. And so we can't find her anywhere in the house. We're kind of like freaking out. I take off in the car. I'm like driving all through the neighborhood. I can't remember if we called the cops or if they were just, I think they're driving around already. We got the cops helping the whole neighborhood crew, you know, HOA, whatever. I don't know if that. If that's HOA. Like, wait, I, I don't know if that's, that's not what that means. Never mind. No, it is. Kind of. That's right. Oh, kind of. That's right. I just thought of like. Never a, I has just the HOA like, helped me look at, I mean, I guess no. I've never lost a sibling, but I've I never don't know. Been, yeah. I, I was just I thinking about like a group chat of moms, like, like neighborhood fence. Well, I don't know. Neighborhood watch. Anyway, neighborhood watch. So we're looking for her. We're driving around. We're like freaking out. We're like, ah, where is she? And then the cop pulls up to the house and he's like, did you check everywhere in the house? Because sometimes if the kid, if you think they leave, sometimes they're just in the house. And we're like, there's no way she's in the house. Like we looked everywhere. And our friend is looking around the house and she finds Malia. Wait, where was she? She was like in our little computer lab room thing. (laughs) She was like under the desk. No. Chilling. Oh, wait. Just chilling. Oh, wait. Just, no. just chilling there. And it's so and it's so funny. And she so, doesn't even care that you guys were calling her. Say, she would totally ignore you. I, yeah. Like, no, yeah. I don't want to talk yeah, right she, now. I think she got <laughs> just sat there. I think she got annoyed. Yeah, at one of us. And so anyway, so <laughs> so it was all, you know, happy ending, whatever. And it's such it's a cute story to look back on now. But it had me thinking like about this talk of like sometimes, like, why does it take because we're like freaking out, like running around, driving around. I'm like, why does it take us sometimes for someone to be lost or someone to be far from God or far from the path or just leaving us for us to be like, you know, wanting to chase them down, wanting to pursue them, wanting to help them feel God's love, wanting to help them feel belonging, wanting to help them know that they matter. Like, why does it take sometimes for them to be lost in the first place? And so anyway, I I thought we could have some chats about that. What do we do with that? And is there a way to improve a little bit Finding those, helping those feel found, even if before they leave. Well, I think what's interesting, too, is people 
I feel like don't often show that they're hurt. You know, I feel like people are pretty good at, at putting on a face and acting like everything is good, acting like they're chilling, when a lot of times they're really not, when a lot of times they are hurting on the inside. So yeah, like how do we look for people when they're not lost? But how do we like treat people in a way that maybe they're hurting if they're not even showing it? You know what I mean? And I feel like there's so many people that on the inside, like they got stuff that they're going through. They got stuff that they're feeling. And maybe you don't see it, but I'm like, man, if we just started treating every person like, hey, maybe there's something going on in their life, I think it would change our interactions. And I think it could have such a huge impact. I love this thought because you know what phrase I've been having beef with, actually? Oh, oh, I've been actually having some beef. (laughs) The phrase I've been actually having some beef with is the question, how are you? I feel like the question, how are you, has gotten so overused. Nobody asked Hollis how he is. No, anyway. really. I <laughs> no, kind of I hate that this. question. I feel, this. I feel like Go that off, question Hollis. has gotten so overused. It's so mundane. And it's almost used as a requirement in an interaction with someone. It's like, I have to say hi to this person. Ask them, how are they? They're going to reply, I'm good. And we carry on with our day. I feel like it's become something that doesn't mean anything anymore. And that bothers me a little bit because... I think we miss out on so much and we miss out on someone or on people who are actually hurting because we are not digging deeper. We are not asking the better questions. We are not paying attention to people when we ask them how they're doing. Because there's so many times where you'll be walking past someone and say, hey, how are you? Good. That's it. But something Christ was so good at was that he was so good at asking questions. He was so good at going deeper and asking how people are, but not only that, but what their life is like, what is making them happy, what is making them sad. And then because he asked that, he was almost put himself in a position to help them because he went deeper. So I think one problem is we've just become so just like normal and like it's become so normal to just say, hey, how are you? Instead of asking the deeper questions like, what is making you happy right now? What are you going through that I can help with? And being more intentional about that. That's so interesting because I have this friend. I grew up with him. We have been best friends like the entirety of our lives. And I remember a few years ago, we were talking about the story when like Jesus leaves the 99 and he goes after the one. And he was like, that seems kind of rude to me. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, why does he just leave the 99? Why is he okay with just walking away from the 99? He's like, why? that doesn't seem very nice for Jesus to be so willing to leave the group of people that seems to be following him. That doesn't seem like it makes any sense to me. And I like sat there for a second. And I was like, okay, you're right. And we talked about it for a really, really long time. If we weren't looking for a direct answer. We just kind of had this moment where we were like kind of wanted to unpack that and think about it. And then it was so interesting because like two days later, I had forgotten about the conversation entirely. And he just like texted me and he was like, I figured it out. And I was like, what? And he's like, we're never the 99. We actually are always the one. And all of a sudden it clicked in me. And that sounds so stupid because yeah, duh, obviously. But I think sometimes we don't act like that. Sometimes we pretend like we're the 99 and doing fine. And we look around and we're like, they're the 99, they're fine. Jesus has them, they're following and they're doing great. And I think that the reason that we wait until someone is like really far away or lost or whatever you want to say for that analogy is because we don't remember that all of us are lost to begin with. From the beginning of the story, we are actually the one. And that means that that's every single person. It's all four of us at this table. We should be treating each other like every single one of us is the one that walked away because we are every single time, Mm -hmm. you know? 
That's cute. That's real cute. The 99 think they fine. <laughs> I wrote that down right now. <laughs> That's so true, man. For real, look. Oh. 99 doing fine. But, but I love I love how in the talk he quotes President Nelson. He just says, true disciples, they build, they lift, they encourage, they persuade, they inspire. And I just think so many times we go into places and, and our mindset is like, what, what can I get out of this? And sometimes that makes us miss the struggling people. But I just wonder what would happen if every single time we walked in somewhere, whether that's school or work or church, our mindset was, how, how can I lift? How can I encourage? How can I inspire? I wonder what that would do to our communities. Because if our communities were full of people like that, there would be so much power and there would be so much, there would be so much support going on that I just feel like it would change the way we experience our burdens. Yeah, and I think something that's interesting when we approach people that way, it's actually even really helpful for us if we're feeling a lot of like feeling really anxious socially. You know what I mean? Because a lot of times we're so focused on us. We want to look good. We want to sound good. We want to, you know, share things, good Mm -hmm. things that are going on in our life. But when you just turn outward, when you have the intention to turn outward, it takes all the pressure off of you and it puts it all on other people. And then you could actually see how people are doing and see what's really going on. Do you guys have any other solutions? What can we do in the morning? Is there any habits or any things we could be reading or remembering? The only thing that I, well, not the only thing, but the first thing I think of is that quote, I think from President Kimball. I hope it's from him. I feel like it's either from President Kimball or or President Benson. (laughs) I feel like it's one of them, just the OGs just throwing this down. But they're like, a lot of times God will answer his prayer like through people. You know what I mean? So I think like approaching the day with that intention might help us get outside ourselves, um, focus on others instead of just ourselves. I don't know why this particular time I've been thinking about a lot of phrases I have beef with. I just had this conversation <laughs> with Grace earlier this week. And you was like, I was talking to her about another phrase that I think helps in what TJ is talking about, but it's making ourselves available. Because sometimes when people ask, how are you? One of the first things that we say is, I'm busy, right? Or I'm busy because we want to let people know that we got some stuff going on in our lives. And it was Elder Uchtdorf that said, Never let busyness be a badge of honor. Mm. And I thought that was so interesting. Never wear your busyness as a badge of honor. The number one thing we can do to help people is stop acting like we're so busy. One of the things that made me so sad, and this experience made me so sad, was someone I knew and loved told me the other day, says, Hollis, I was going through this thing. And I was so sad. I was like, why didn't you tell me? He says, because I thought you were too busy. Oh, yeah, that's the word. Because you said you were busy. And I never want to be too busy to love someone. So every time someone asks me how I'm doing, I never want to say I'm busy and give that off because I will never prioritize anything in my life more than loving someone. That's good. Hoss's new answer should be, I'm bored. I'm bored out of my mind. I really, I really, <laughs> I'm bored. You better hit me up. You better hit me up. No, but I just keep thinking about this quote and preaching my gospel. It says, if you're preoccupied, you might miss promptings of the spirit. And I think sometimes I go throughout my day, like so mm. preoccupied with the things that I need to get done and the things going on and the things that I'm stressing about that I really don't even see the people around me. And I was looking at, okay, what's the opposite of preoccupied? And the antonym of it is observant. And I just feel like the more you take time to observe the people around you, to really like look at them and to really listen to them, you will get ideas of how to help them. But if you're preoccupied, you're not even going to have those ideas. You're not even going to know what to do. And so it just, it just makes me want to be super intentional every day. Like I want to observe, I want to listen, I want to be fully present, fully there with my people 
so I can figure out how to best help them. Mm. I think it's interesting because I think we also have this inherent belief. I don't know if it's just us or if it's just me maybe, but that we're so afraid of being called broken or being called a project or being called like a problem. And as I was just sitting here and listening to this, I was like, we're not a project and we're not broken and we're not a problem or fill in the blank with whatever people want to say that really hurts you or really bothers you. And I want to say, let me say that better. Let me say that better. Because I think <laughs> the problem is we get so mad when people are treating us like that. We say, I don't want people totally. to treat me like I'm a project. I don't want people to treat me like I'm broken. I don't want people to treat me like I'm falling apart all of the time. I don't want people to treat me like all I'm doing is messing up. And I want to say, let's just treat each other like we're humans then. And if we actually are treating each other like we're humans, then we are going to look at each other and we're going to say, listen, I want to help you because humans mess up and human hearts break and humans actually need help. And that's okay. That's totally fine. There's not a single person in the New Testament that Jesus didn't look at and look at them like a human. And it's interesting because he didn't just look at the people in the streets that didn't have anyone to eat lunch with. He treated them right. And he treated the people that messed up and they sinned really bad. He treated them right. But also he never treated Peter like Peter wasn't a human. He realized that even the ones that were the closest to him, even his disciples, even the ones that were following him every single day still needed help. And I think we have to get in that mindset. He didn't wait for Peter to walk away. He actually said, no, listen, Peter is with me every single day and I'm going to treat him like he's a human. And I know humans mess up and I know humans need help and I know human hearts break. So I will enter into his story and I will say, listen, let me walk through that with you. Let me look at you and say, what can I do for you today? Because humans need help. Humans need love. We are desperate for it. You don't need to wait until the problem's too big because actually there probably is already a problem. The 99... Not doing fine. <laughs> Just kidding. Heavenly Father, are you really there? And do you hear and answer every child's prayer? Some say that heaven is far away, but I feel it close around me as I pray. Heavenly Father, I remember now something that Jesus told disciples long ago. Suffer the children to come to me. Father, in prayer I'm coming now to thee. Pray he is there. Speak he is listening. You are his child, his love now surrounds you. He hears your prayer. He loves the children of such is the kingdom, the kingdom. Mm. See you next week.